welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. Shall we pray before I start? Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We are grateful. We are hopeful tonight, Lord God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you have exalted your word above your name. Thank you, Lord God, that your word is tried and tested. Your word is like a double-edged sword, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Release anointing into this room. The anointing to receive, the anointing to impart. In the name of Jesus, let every heart be tuned, Lord God, to your presence, to your voice. Not my voice, but your voice, Lord. In Jesus' name, I humble myself before this, your church, Lord God. Anoint me, Lord God, for this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The title to my message tonight will be Growing in the Dark. Growing in the Dark. We, We are going through the series of the faith that moves mountains. They simply supernatural. You know, we, we get so, sometimes we get so engrossed in the things that we see, the things that are in front of us, the problem that is in front of us, the burden that is on our shoulders, and yet there's something greater than what we are seeing. There's something greater. There's a God who is greater than your problem. That's what I want to say tonight. There's a God who is greater than your problem. Your financial problem, your your healing problem, whatever problem you are going through right now, there is a God who is greater than that. It is something to to, to have a problem and have a God who you made with your own hands. You know, this this is the stupidest thing that you can ever come across. People that make their own gods with their own hands. When you come to a problem, that means your God is smaller than the problem. But in this case, we have an invisible God, a true God, a powerful God that is greater than any opportunity, any problem. If you're waiting for me to preach, I'm already preaching. Praise God. Now, uh, let's open our Bibles to the book of um, Judges. Judges chapter 16. I might have to, 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 to do a narrative of the story so that you, you, you see where we are going. But I'll read from uh, chapter 16 from verse 21. I'll read from the New King James Version. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They, they bound him with bronze, with bronze feathers and and. Sorry, and he became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair on his head began to grow after it had been shaven. Samson knew that the woman was after killing. Oh, sorry, I, I, I didn't start it on the. <laughs> my apologies. I'll start from verse 16. I started from verse 21. I'll start from verse 16. It came to pass when she pestered him daily with the words and press him so that his soul was very vexed to death. Then he told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazareth to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me. 
and, is, and I shall become weak and become like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told a, he had told a, his heart, he had told his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come at once, for he has told me his heart. So the lord of the Philistines came up and brought the money in their hand. Then she lowered him to sleep on her knees and called for the man and shaved his, the seven locks on his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. She said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he woke up from his sleep and said, I will go, I'll go out as before at, the, at other times and shook himself free. But he, could, but he did not know the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took, and put, took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, and became and he became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair on his head began to grow again. Now, the story here is about a man called Samson. During this time, the children of Israel did not have any king yet. God used to appoint judges to rule over them. And a judge, a judge will lead them or deliver them from the hands of their oppressors. But then after they got delivered, they went back again to their own ways and God would deliver them again into the hands of their oppressors. But in this time, this man Samson was born in a time where Israel was under the, the oppression of the Philistines. And God brought up this man as a judge. But all the other judges in Israel, they married the children of Israel. But for some reason, the Bible says, Samson says to his mother and father, I have found a woman of the Philistines. I want to marry her. Go get her for me. They try to sit down with their son and say, how can you go and marry one of the enemies? Can you not find a woman of your own people? But she, he pressed on and said, this is what I want. But the Bible says God knew he, he was seeking an occasion with the Philistines. So Samson goes and marries this woman. And at, at some point, this woman is given to another man before Samson could have her. And then the, the, Samson was so upset and he went and killed a lot of the Philistines. So the war begins between Samson and the Philistines. At one point, Samson, the Bible says, he went and slept with a woman in the city. And the Philistines were hiding, waiting to capture him in the morning. But the Bible says he woke up in the middle of the night and went out with the gates and the bars of the city. You can, can you imagine how strong he was? Can you imagine? Carrying, and the gates then was, was not like the colorbond gates that we have today. These gates would require mules to open them and shut them. You would tie a horse to the gate to pull it shut. But the Bible says he carried them on his shoulders and up the hill. Praise God. Now, this became a mystery to the Philistines. Where does his strength come from? So they tried everything to lure him to understand where his strength came from. His strength was not from the gym. His strength was not from, 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 from any additives in his diet. His strength was a secret with God that he had. The relationship that he had with God was a secret of his strength. So one, the Bible says, and he goes again to, 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 to fall in love with another woman, another Philistine. 
How amazing is it that Samson knew? Samson marries the enemy. How many times have you married that thing that you hate? Married to a job that you hate. Married to a situation that you hate. You continue in this situation. You know this situation is seeking to kill you, but you are married to it anyway. You buy it flowers. You take care of it. But you know this thing is seeking to destroy you. This, 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 this habit that I have developed, all its agenda is to destroy me, but I continue in it anyway. I know chocolate makes me sick. I know it makes me fat. I know fizzy drinks makes my heart go but I still do it anyway. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Sometimes we are drawn to things that are seeking to destroy us. That is not my message anyway, but I'll go on. I'll go on. So the Bible says, it, Samson starts going out with Delilah. And she would ask him, Samson, where does your strength lie? How, how can you be so strong? How can you do all these things? What, can you tell me your secret? So Samson lies to her the first time. Oh, if you get new ropes that have never been used before and bind me with them, then my, my strength will be gone. I'll be just like any other man. She goes and does that. But he comes back again. To the same woman who is trying to kill her, he comes back again and she, she says, you lied to me last time. You don't love me. You lied to me. And she gives him another, an, a, another solution. Ah, if you do this, if you bind me with this, this, then my strength will be gone. How many times do we keep on going to the same thing? Because we are looking for the familiar. Samson was looking for the first wife. She was good to him. She didn't seek to kill him. This is what she was, he was looking for. He was looking for love in the wrong places because he was looking for the familiar. How many times have we done th the same thing over and over? Because we are trying to replace the thing that we lost before. We are trying to, to replace the thing that we messed up before. So we keep on doing the same thing that is, that is trying to kill us. Amen. Sometimes some of, us, some of us know we watched our parents die of cancer, but we still smoke anyway. We watched our, our, our friends die on overdose of drugs, we still do it anyway. We still do it anyway. Praise God. Now, Samson, Samson comes back to Delilah the, the, the third time. She was so upset with him. You lied to me. You don't love me. Why are you keeping on deceiving me? He tells her another lie. She tries that and he escapes again. But the fourth time in chapter 16, the Bible says, and his soul was so vexed to death. It troubled him to death. She pestered him. She nagged him to death until he told her the truth. And she realized that Samson has told her his heart. And she goes and calls the lords of the Philistines that he has told me that come quickly, bring the money. So they brought the money and he told, he, 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 the Bible says, she lowered him to sleep on his lap, shaved off his head, and the strength left him. Samson thought I would get up again and go as usual, but not knowing that God had departed from him. 
not knowing that God. Do you know sometimes we can go on with the form of godliness. We can go on by what happened in the past, a testimony of years ago. We can go on by this and think that God is still here. Maybe God has moved on. Maybe God is no longer here. Maybe God was in this song that we sang and we all went down on our feet. We all went down on our knees and we, we, we were so excited. But maybe God has moved on. Is it possible? Is it possible that the thing that you're holding on to, God has moved on from it? Praise God. Now this happens again and the, the, she, she, he gets up to try and get off. But then it doesn't happen. His strength is gone. He's bold is, maybe bolder than I am. And the Bible says, and what they did was they bound him. But the very first thing they did, they took out his eyes. Isn't it amazing that the enemy is after your vision? The enemy is after taking off the, your eyes, taking off your vision. Because the Bible says, for without vision, my people perish. He knows that the moment he takes out your vision, the moment you don't have a purpose, the moment you don't know where you are going, the moment you are stuck in a life without a vision, then you are destroyed. The, the greatest man, the greatest man, at, at some point, Samson, the Bible says, he killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. This man is now a grinder in the prison. The mighty man of God is now in prison. The mighty man of God is now bound in chains. The greatest man, that had, the greatest judge that had ever destroyed the Philistines is now bound in jail, grinding. But this scripture where we read, the Bible says, and the Philistines, they, they called him. They, they, they had a feast, a great feast. And then they called for Samson, our enemy, to come and play sport for us. Let, let him come and, and be a spectacle to us. Is the devil making a spectacle of you? Is the devil making a spectacle of your finances? Is the devil making a spectacle of your health? They called him to, to, to play sport, you know. They were drinking and cheering. And the, the worst thing is Samson could not see them. Samson had no vision. Samson had no sight. He could only hear them. He could only hear them laughing. Are you in a situation where the devil, all you are hearing are voices in your head. You cannot see what is going on around you because the devil has taken out your vision. Are you in a position where you can't see what is going on and all you hear is the enemy cheering and laughing at you, laughing at your finances, laughing at your family, laughing at the situation that you are going through? Are you in that situation tonight? This is what was happening to the greatest men. All he could hear was their laughs, their cheering, drinking, singing song. They told him to dance, he would dance, jump, he would jump, because he was now a slave to him, a man who was feared by the Philistines. Today, they are playing sport with him. But the greatest thing is the Bible says, and his hair grew again. This is where I'm going. His hair grew again. Now I want to declare to you tonight that your hair is growing again. I want to declare to you tonight that you are growing in that darkness. Even if you can't see what is happening, you are growing in that darkness. It doesn't matter. You can't see what is happening in your financial world. You may be in debt, but you are growing in the darkness. Your faith is growing in that darkness. 
When you don't see what is happening, when all you are hearing is the voices of the enemy, but you are growing in that darkness. Oh, you didn't get what I say tonight. Whatever you are going through, whatever is going on, you are growing in that dark. Your faith is growing. It might be grinding. You may be grinding in the prison. You may be grinding in the, in the depression. You may be grinding in overwhelming darkness, but your hair is growing at the same time. You may not be feeling it. You may not be seeing it, but it is growing. But it is growing again. God is preparing you for a second chance. God is preparing you to pay back. The enemy is going to pay back once and for all because of the growth that is happening internally, because of the faith that is growing internally. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter whether it was your fault or not. This is my message that I always preach. Even if it is your fault, cry out, God, and tie my hands. Even if it is your fault, just cry out, God, untie my hands. I got myself in this situation. I can't get me out of this situation. I have tried everything. I've been in the ditch for so long. I can't get out of the ditch. God, untie my hands. Praise God. This is what we need. Men that will stand up and say, I got the truck in the ditch. God is going to help me. I'll cry out, help me. Praise God. Take responsibility. I made a mistake. Own up to it. God, I made a mistake. I've tried everything to fix it. I've made stupid investments even if my wife told me not to. I'll own up to it and say, God, untie my hands. I can't get out of this. I can't get out of this. I was excited about the new car that they released and I thought I would afford it and went and bought it. Now I'm stuck in debt. I don't enjoy the car anymore. I hate the thing now because it has put me into debt. God, untie my hands. Your hair is growing in that darkness. Your faith is growing in that darkness. I want to declare to you, church, that it doesn't matter where we are going through. It doesn't matter we've got empty seats in the church. We are growing in that darkness. We are growing. God is preparing us to move mountains. It doesn't matter the mountain will take so long to move. Some mountains will, will require confessing every morning. Some mountains will move straight away, but there are some mountains that you have to command every morning. Mountain be moved and be cast into the sea. Mountain be moved and be cast into the sea. Where before you go to bed, you command it to move. You wake up in the morning, it's still there. You command it to move. You are growing your faith in the darkness. As long as you continue to confess it, as long as you continue to walk and come against it. Praise God. Don't turn around and go the other way. Because do, do you know what? It will come after you. Praise God. It will come after you. But you are growing in the dark. This is the message I have for you tonight. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what is before you. I don't know what mountain you're facing. I don't know how long we've been looking at this mountain. Most probably it's growing and growing and growing and you, you, you seem like you're shrinking before this mountain, but you are growing even if you don't see it, even if you don't feel it. You are growing greater than that mountain. Your faith, the Bible said we were given the measure of faith. I know some people say we're given a measure of faith, but if you read in the original scripture, it says we were given the measure of faith. Not a measure of faith, but the measure of faith. Meaning each and every one of us, the moment you, you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were given the measure of faith. 
Not a measure of faith. There's no excuse. No one can believe better than you do because you were given the same measure when you, when you, when you received Jesus. There's no one who has given better faith than you did. We all got the measure of faith. But then we have to grow it. We have to walk in it. We have to improve it. We have to practice it. They, you can never get better in anything unless you practice it. You can never get better at driving if you're always sitting in the back seat. Unless if you're a wife that drives on the passenger seat. <laughs> Praise God. No, not my wife. <laughs> Praise God. You only, you only get better as you practice. Faith gets better as you use it. You develop more muscle as you, as you flex them. Praise God. As you come across a situation, you declare, by faith, this is going to move. By faith, this is going to change. By faith, this mountain is going to move. By faith, this mountain, though it is big, though it is unbearable, this mountain is going to move by faith. Praise God. I don't have any better faith than you do. We have the same measure of faith. Unless if, we, if I had time, I'll go on to talk to you about a different faith that comes through the Spirit. But this one only comes at a certain time. It doesn't, it's not something that you carry every day. It's as the Spirit gives. But there's a, a, a faith that everyone has. As long as you have Jesus in you, you have that measure of faith. Jesus is operating in you. You know, when we lead people in this prayer to receive Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, when we pray that, what we are basically saying is, I am dying and Jesus is being resurrected in me. You know, we fear death. But let me tell you something about death. Death is only a vehicle to move from one place to another. When a child is born, a child is dead to the womb and is born into the world. Now, when you leave another place to go into another, you are dying from that place into another. So when Jesus, when you receive Christ, Christ is, you are being resurrected in Christ. So Christ is living you. The very same faith, I read some time back in the book of Galatians, that the, now by the faith of the Son of God, I live this life in, uh, this life in the flesh. What it basically means is I'm, Jesus is believing through me. This is amazing. This is good preaching. Jesus is believing through me. Even if I don't have good faith of my own, even if my faith comes to an end, then Jesus' faith takes over for me. Jesus believes on my behalf. Praise God. I, I surrender my faith to Jesus, and he's believing in, on my behalf. I don't know what situation you've faced all these years. It could be an addiction. It could be something that you, you, you started a long time ago and you can't get over it. It could be something that you think you inherited from your parents. But let me tell you, you are growing in the dark. Your faith is growing even if you do not see it. But you can only prove it by using it. Praise God. You know, the amazing thing is the moment you receive Jesus, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 that he that comes to God must believe that he is. He that comes to God might, must believe that he is. Now, that's an open check. 
Can you imagine, can you imagine the CEO of BHP gives you an open check? Are you going to just write $100 on that? You know, this, this is BHP. This is, they have given you authority. On, write any amount. They give you an open check and say, write whatever amount you want on it. Are you going to just write, uh, I, want to, I want to go and fix my hold in Komodo. And then you go to, 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 to auto masters and ask what bill it is. You do not do that. You go and buy an expensive car. You, you, write, you, you write millions. The, the limit is you. Christianity is like an autobahn. You know, it's you, the speed limit is you. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You are the speed limit of your faith. Put, put the foot down. Put the foot down. Just flow it. Praise God. Just flow it. Yes, put the foot down. Just flow it. Praise God. I drive a Mercedes Benz. You know the way it takes off. It's up to you. If you can handle the way it takes off, it's up to you. It will take off. It will respond to your foot. But then I had a, a Nissan Patrol before. Even if you put your foot down, it will take its time. It will grind and take its time. If you've got a V8 or a V6, if you put your foot down, it just responds right away. Your faith is like a V16. It will respond to your foot. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? It will respond to your foot. It is up to you. The Bible says, wherever your feet will tread, God will give you the land. If you are man enough to take the steps, God is God enough to convey the land. I will say it again. If you are man enough to take the steps, he is God enough to convey the land. If you are man enough to ask, he is God enough to give. If you are bold enough to knock on the door, is God enough to break down the door? Praise God. You know, this is the thing. We, we tend to limit God to our abilities. We limit God to what we can do, the things that we have done and the things that we have failed it. And we think God is the same. God is a trial and error God. God doesn't work that way. God is not a trial and error thing. God is not a maybe God. God is God. The word God itself, God itself means self-existent. Self-existent. He is God even when you are not there. He is not God because we worship him. He is not God because we believe in him. He is God even if we don't believe in him. This is how powerful he is. He is God whether you like it or not. Whether you believe it or not, he is still God. Even if there's not a single Christian, he is still God. Even if there's not a single pastor, even if everyone puts their microphones down and says, we are not preaching, we are not praying, we are not praising, it does not reduce who he is. He is God by himself. So can you imagine, can you imagine a God like that behind you? Can you imagine the Bible in the book of Genesis 15? God speaks to Abraham and says, I am your exceedingly great reward. I am your exceedingly great reward. If you look at the book of Ephesians chapter 6, we were given the armor to cover the front part. 
But there's nothing that covers your back. Do you know why that is? Do you know why, 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 why Ephesians doesn't say anything about put something on your back? It's because God has your back. God is right behind you. Praise God. He is right behind you. You, can, you know, I, I, one time I said, if you are walking in the darkness and you've got, if, if you, you've got a giant like Cain walking behind you, you don't worry. You just keep going. Whatever is coming into, take care of Cain first. <laughs> if it's a bear, it's going to take care of Cain first before it gets to me. Praise God. That's how great God is. But I just want to explain this to you tonight that sometimes the enemy is so loud. The enemy is so boisterous, is so vicious, is so tenacious. But it doesn't matter how loud he is. God is still God. It doesn't matter how loud the situation is. Your hair is still growing. Even if you're bald, is, your hair is still growing. Praise God. Your faith is still growing. You are growing through that darkness. The children of Israel, when they went into Egypt, there were only about less than 100 people went into Egypt. They went into oppression and they multiplied in that oppression. I want to tell you that the oppression is just to incubate you. The problem is just for your incubation. The problem is just for your increasement. Your, the problem that you are going through is just only an incubation. God is multiplying you through that problem. God is multiplying you through that, 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 that stress that you go through. Amen. Let your faith just rise up whilst you're grinding. I don't know when this is going to end. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. This is a hard knock life for life. This is a hard knock life. But I know, I know that my God, my Redeemer lives. Job says, though I go through this, though I, 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 though I sit in my wounds and though I am destroyed, though this flesh be destroyed, I know that my Redeemer lives and I shall see him on earth. Praise God. Though everything tends to, I don't know, you know, people wake up in the morning and they just confess Thus, this is going to be an S day. I, I'm, I'm not going to say the actual word, but I could say it. This is going to be, no, 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 not sunny. This is going to be the other S day. You make that confession, you've sealed the deal. You make that confession when you get out of bed that this is going to be a bad day. You have sealed the deal. To, from today onwards, confess this is going to be a great day. This is going to be an awesome day. I don't care whether I have money in my pocket. I don't care whether my credit card is maxed. I don't care whether I don't even have a credit card. I don't care whether I don't even qualify to get a credit card. I don't care whether even I go to the bank. They don't give me. It is still going to be a great day. Praise God. Say it in the ears of the devil. It is still going to be a great day. Yes, devil, you have told me I'm not going to make it, but it is still going to be a great day. I'm not dead yet. Praise God. There's still hope for me. If I'm still breathing, there's still hope for me. Praise God. There's still hope that my hair will grow again. As long as you did not cut my head, there's still hope my hair will grow again. Praise God. There is hope. I actually have hair. You're shaking your head. <laughs> Praise God. There's still hope for you as long as your head is still above your shoulders. 
If you still have a mouth, confess. Now faith is voice activated. You have to say it. Don't just think about it. You have to. I know we all have, we all have conversations with ourselves. Who doesn't talk to themselves? Or these days, you, instead of talking to yourself, you write it on WhatsApp or what, Facebook or something. But make it a habit. Whenever you are speaking to yourself, say the positive. Confess what you want to see. Confess what you want God to do in your life. My life is better than this. I am above this depression. I am above this oppression. I am above what the devil is showing me right now. I am above what I'm hearing in my head. I am above all the voices. I'm, you know, the, the, the hardest thing is the things that we hear in our head. More than anything else. We are actually our worst enemies because we tell ourselves all these negatives. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You are useless. You, are, you keep on singing this. You keep on repeating this on repeat. You are useless. You are useless. You are useless. And then you become useless. I'm better than this. I'm the son of the living God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God is behind me. God is in front of me. God is beside me. God is on my left hand side. God is on my right hand side. So who can be against me? If God is on my side, who can be against me? It doesn't matter. There's no enemy greater. Actually, do you know that God does not have any enemies? I, I know maybe you were taught that the, the, the devil is God's enemy. The devil is not God's enemy. God created the devil. God has no enemies. A person who has enemies is always on edge. They're always thinking of where the bullets are going to come from. God has no enemies. God is not afraid of anything. God is not worried about anything. God is not worried about drought. God is not worried about depression. God is not worried about recession. God is not worried about anything at all. Whether it rains or it doesn't. Whether there is thunder or there is no. God is not worried about that. Now, if he is living inside of you, what should you worry about? This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.